Welcome to Emergo Radio, a place where a brain-first lifestyle matters, a place of impact and inspiration, a place where your hosts, Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny, coach you to rise above. Hi, friends, and welcome to Emergo Radio. My name is Dave Kenny. Emergo Radio is a place where we explore how a brain-first approach to health, recovery, and well-being is a proven game-changer, because if you change your brain, you change your life. I'm excited to have you join me today, and so now, let's rise above. And today, I get the pleasure of welcoming a good friend of mine and mentor and leader, Lee Gerdes, who is the founder and CEO of Saraset and Brain State Technologies in Scottsdale, Arizona. Lee's actually been called a renaissance man, a man with a big heart. His background includes math, physics, psychology, and theology. He recognizes himself first and foremost as a Christian man whose purpose in life is to help as many people in the world as possible with a new neurotechnology of Saraset, a franchise company which he founded and is CEO of. Prior to Saraset, Lee also founded and is the CEO of Brain State Technologies and Brain Intellect. To help people, for Lee, is all about empowering their potential so they can perform on their own terms optimally. I could go on for another 20 minutes on Lee's extensive background in education and peer-reviewed articles, but I want to jump right into this. And today, though, Lee does live his faith and loves people by leading Brain State team and providing one of the most helpful technologies in the world called Saraset and Brainwave Optimization. Also, Lee's written one of my favorite books, Limitless You, The Infinite Possibilities of a Balanced Brain. Lee, welcome, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> it's absolutely a pleasure. And you know that uh, you and I have uh, shared quite a few stories and, and um, you came into my life in 2010. And uh, when I was on the search for trying to find a way to help people with their brain and help them in wellness and, and, um, and all that. And then I came in, I came across you and I came across each other, but I'd like you to start maybe with your story. Cause you've got a powerful story yourself. Well, I'll start with my story, but certainly I got to tell the odd listening audience that you weren't the easiest guy in the world to convince. <laughs> so, so you remember that back in 2010. I, I came into your office and I was pretty convinced I was going to um, uh, just find some other things. And man, did you ever blow my socks off? And yeah, well, that was after a prayer saying, Lord, <laughs> let me not lose my cool here, but handle this guy as best I can. And, and here we are uh, almost 10 years later. And have developed a friendship and respect for each other. Thanks. So, as you know, Dave, my story started really in San Francisco in 1992 when I was approached, well, as I was locking a gate and assaulted by four youth, one wielding a baseball bat. And from that, I had persisting post-concussion symptoms for the next uh, eight, little over eight years. And not only did I have these symptoms, night sweats, night terrors, mind jumping around and would forget things in the middle of a sentence, frequent headaches, certain amount of paranoia, anxiety would come and go, didn't understand that, depressiveness would come, never go, always reaching just another level, nothing helped me, I was clinical psych uh, person, um, 
cognitive therapist actually, and you know that that was like um, pouring gas on a fire for me. You know, psychiatry and medications were not only gas on the fire; they were the toboggan slope to hell for me. Medical science had no answers. Um, time and after a few years, just not how much time. So, as it ended up in that journey, you know, at kind of in desperation actually, and being having a background in uh, computer software, I started to look at my own brain, thinking that I could, in fact, see at least maybe what happened because everybody was wrong. It didn't generate through time my symptoms. They got worse through time, yes, but they happened immediately within a millisecond or a second when that baseball bat hit my head. Everything changed. What I believe, how I thought, my experience of life, everything changed. And so I started looking at my brain, but I did so with a certain deep respect for what an infinite possibility is, and that is what you have and I have and all people listening to this have between their ears, an infinite, infinite possibility. And so in order to look at anything that's infinite, I'm not nearly so egotistical that I think I can get my arms around it and control it. So I decided instead, when I saw huge asymmetries, in other words, a big difference uh, between left and right energy in the hemispheres of the brain. When I saw that difference, um, I decided that I would sort of echo the brain back to itself, not on the low side or not on the high side, but someplace in the middle. And so I started to do that. It took a long time then, but lo and behold, I started sleeping at night and then um, I started feeling better. And then, you know, I was pretty much cooking with gas. I, the anxiety was pretty much gone and depression lifted. And man, I, I thought I was pretty cool. And I thought, well, I guess everybody was right. And it was just time because all I did was probably sleep better. And I said, but I really haven't changed much. And then my kids told me, oh, dad, <laughs> you've changed so much. <laughs> we, could, we could barely even stand to be in the room with you for very long. So we took turns. You didn't notice it, but one of us had to leave for an hour or two and then come back. And then the other one had to leave for an hour or two. And I said, wow, that bad? And they said, yeah, Dad, we loved you, but wow. So I understood a lot then and understood that my world not only changed back, but I could do nothing else but to help others experience what I had experienced in finding a symmetry or a balance in their own brain to relieve them from the oppressive stuckness of an imbalance. And that's what I set out to do in basically 2001, manifested in this company in 2003. And, and that's where we are today with 150,000 plus clients, 700 people through clinical trials. Dave, and you know the rest of the story, um, seeing miracles every day, not because we do them, not at all, but because we help the brain to relax itself and reset itself on its own terms. And in doing that, working with an infinite system with that much respect, uh, without trying to intervene on it, 
such as biofeedback would do or neurofeedback would do or meds will do without trying to replay the trauma like psychotherapy would do and actually instigates the pattern back without having to try to use something like EMDR where you know your eye movement desensitization and what you're actually doing is putting the brain into a freeze response so you're numbed without any of that outside in intervention none you just reflect the brain echo it is what we call it and then you watch the brain perform its own magic it's probably the most fun job in the world actually you know that but they they actually pay me for it dave sometimes <laughs> You've introduced some massive concepts. I mean, you've just, each one of those sentences and statements is a huge concept about uh, psychotherapy and EMDR and the, the, the issues and the challenges of, uh, of doing what is kind of more of an outside-in approach. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, don't you think it's kind of strange when we have a modality that's supposed to affect the brain and they never look at it? Doesn't that, I mean, isn't the basis of that kind of strange for you? It's, it's been strange for me. And that's how we started this before we ever met is that that was my fundamental hypothesis is why don't we fix the brain? Let's look at it and let's fix it. I understand. And we understand too, but you know, in truth, people have to do what they have to do. Mm -hmm. So if they, if they are compromised, but in fact can receive support or some symptom relief with medications they have to do that if they have some symptom relief with whatever the modality then they have to do what they have to do but we have to remember that it doesn't necessarily allow the brain to change itself and restore or heal and so that's the fallacy of these modalities so we've taken a person through some Saraset sessions, we've then seen their brain in a relative balanced state. They went to a psychotherapy session. They came back to us the next day, and then their brain was more unbalanced by quite a bit than when it, when they left. And so, in I mean, trying to understand what happened, you know, we finally understood that most psychotherapeutic modalities when they take people back through the trauma, all they're really doing is replaying that pattern. And if they do it often enough, you know, the, the brain sort of numbs itself, i.e. it goes into a parasympathetic dominance or left side dominance. And so the person feels somewhat better, but the truth is the person isn't better. And so, you know, when you look at a, a psychotherapeutic modality and somebody says, well, you just get started with it in six months or whatever. I think you've got to be kidding. You know, when I was at my full degree of compromise and somebody would say, well, you'll just, you work at it for six months and you'll get started at it. I would think, really? I might not be here six days from now. You don't understand what kind of torment I'm in. You don't understand what it means not to be able to sleep. You just don't get it. And so... Now what we do is we expect people to have a positive response basically within a week's time. And within three weeks time, 
we expect them to have a high degree of positive response be at least 60 or 70 percent better from what depression, anxiety, any kind of behavioral issue for sure, if in fact they weren't on medications. Medications change the game because what medications do is put a damper on uh, neuronal connectivity where we're trying to allow the neurons to find each other and dance in, in a balanced way. We don't want them dampened, you know? We don't want their ankles tied if we're trying to get them to dance, <laughs> you know? And so some meds are really not, not so very helpful. Benzos um, like Xanax are, are really not exceedingly helpful. Many antidepressants aren't either, but I understand that sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. But then Dave, what we have to do is help the person over time you know, do a few sessions and they titrate down off their medication. Then we do a few sessions, they titrate some more and do a few sessions and then they can hopefully, you know, be free of that medication. And then they're ready to, to rock and roll. But they have incremental rewards along the way. You introduced something now and, and you and I both live in this world and believe this, that the brain drives behavior, that the brain's responsible if, if I'm feeling sad and want to isolate anger, rage, how much money I have, how much debt I have, my relationships. But when I talk to people about coming to a Mergo Recovery, um, and I'm sure when you have clients come to you, the, one of the things that, that, that I have to talk with people about is they say, well, I've got a chemical imbalance. And I immediately say, well, who tested you? What, was, what, what test did they use to determine this? And we have we have learned in our decade of work alongside of you as well as, as the thousand people that we've worked with that it's a functional issue. It's how the brain is firing. Can you speak to that? Well, if you picture it this way, um, let's say you're using energy. You know, I came from Midwest, a farm area, and grandparents had a farm. I worked on it a long time, and they didn't even have electric pump there. You had to pump the water, right, with a hand pump. And, and so when you were doing that, um, the fact is, you, you know, you were the energy and then the water in the well was the chemical effectively. That chemical was H2O, H2O, of course. But in the body, I think it might work much the same way. We have reservoirs of, of the appropriate chemicals we need, but based on how the pump is, the energy applied to the pump, if it's too fast or too slow or, you know, it doesn't quite, if it doesn't quite go all the way down, you know, the chemistry can be changed. Mm -hmm. So if you get the brain to balance, so the energy is balanced, it's surprising how the chemistry will just uh, balance itself many times. Um, we did a clinical trial at Wake Forest Medical School and that chemical trial was done for postmenopausal women with hot flashes. And, you know, the predominant thinking at the time was you guys are a little bit marginally mentally developed because, <laughs> you know, postmenopausal hot flashes is all about uh, uh, hormonal imbalance, right? <laughs> and so then the question when, it, when the clinical pilot study was done and completed and everybody was successful. It was hundred percent successful, hundred percent, not 99, hundred. 
the question then becomes, become, well, what did we miss? Or what did y'all miss? Because these women were 100% successful. Their hot flashes stopped. Their sleep began to be full. Their depression, their anxiety diminished. So what happened? It had everything to do with the chemistry, but the chemistry was driven by the energy of the brain. By a balanced brain you're talking about. Totally. So let's get what's clear, clear. The brain drives, first and foremost, every single cell of our body, as well as every behavior we do. Our thoughts, our words, our responses emotionally in particular. And those happen, by the way, many a long time before we even know they happened. If I get angry about a driver cutting me off, which of course I never do because I'm a man of peace and love, and <laughs> which I do <laughs> because, because I used to drive a race car and I get a little impatient when somebody's in the left-hand lane going 20 miles an hour below the speed limit. But if that happens, I smile now because I know that my brain caught that long before I did and it already put me a little bit on edge. And so I have a whole altogether different understanding the brain drives. And so with anger issues, and you've seen this even, you've seen this a lot with your population. Um, when anger issues are present, you kind of smile at yourself thinking, <laughs> I know exactly what lobes of that brain are imbalanced. And <laughs> just come here to daddy, because we're going to make, we're going to help you be brand spanking new, right? We, we, we actually have fun with it on the highway. We see the aggressive driver and just go T4, which is a right side fight or flight, uh, high stress state. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, a. Uh, it's a new way of, of thinking, understanding, seeing the brain drives, number one. And number two, when I say the brain drives, I mean the, the energetic response of the brain to drive um, its own functional response, its energy. And that energy is individually applied in both left and right hemispheres. Why? Because we were made that way. Why? Because if we lose one of those hemispheres, then the other hemisphere should be able to drive everything. And it can, except for one thing. It doesn't drive the opposite arm. So if we lose the left hemisphere, brain doesn't drive the right arm. If we lose the left hemisphere or the right hemisphere, the brain doesn't drive the left arm. Besides that, all of our memories are there. We can still function fully. We might not function as well. Might have different issues, but we can't function because that's the way we're made. So when people talk about being left-brained or right-brained, that's totally, totally misnomer. Fact is, we always use both sides. We better use both sides. If we don't, we've got, we, we've got a problem, and, um, and we're stuck on one side or the other. So the opportunity for the brain to drive is based on energy, and energy drives chemistry, not the other way around. Beautiful answer. That energy or balance or imbalance drives chemistry. Either one. And so what you see and what you see in your work all the time is that when there's an imbalance and the chemical, the chemistry is driven in an imbalanced way, there'll be an urge to balance that sometimes with cocaine or meth or alcohol or marijuana or, you know, all of the above, right? 
there'll, there'll be an urge to do that. Sometimes with behaviors, with um, pornography or um, with um, uh, masochism or sadism, um, some, some, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of possibilities that we can get stuck in to try to drive, drive that. Sometimes in shopping, we've had shopping addicts with huge imbalances, sometimes in gambling, you know, all kinds of things, Dave, that we don't attribute to an imbalanced brain. We experience in our life it, almost daily. So when I have issues with my diet and I cannot seem to handle sticking to a specific diet or a healthful diet, let's say, then it might be one, many reasons, of course, one of which could be misinformation on my part, which that certainly has been personally in the past. I just was misinformed. And actually, you got me going on that on that diet. Uh, now, I might add that, you know, I'm 14 pounds in loss and my cholesterol dropped from 256 to 181. I mean, everything is gone. My energy's gone to the roof. Everything's great based on the food I'm starting to give myself. And then, of course, also, you know, I practice what I preach sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> but I, I get back in the chair for some update sessions, right? And then, man, I'm, I'm really, really feeling good. So when we have people come here, we, we see these imbalances because of this, the technology that you've created and we have in our residential program. And we begin to to bring relief to that. And it's amazing because we can almost predict in advance when someone's going to have a great sleep. It, it's like, okay, Billy, Sally, you watch, you're going to have a great. And then inevitably the next morning at 637 in the morning, I run into them in the kitchen and they've, they, they look at me stunned. I had an amazing sleep and, and I'm not, I've been off my sleep meds, which I've used for five years. I've been off of them for you know five days i can't right. believe this and we see how much brain function and an interesting part of this i actually in my phd i haven't i don't think i've told you this um about halfway through it as you know but i had to write my my proposal to canterbury university three times it was rejected twice because it was about brain function and they're going what are you talking about and i had to explain it to them and I actually had to write a mini thesis just to get approval to do a, a PhD on brain function and addictions and recovery and how when people have this asymmetry, this imbalance, that they seek a, a product or an activity or a behavior to bring relief to their brain. Right. You must have experienced or seen this too in your practice. Exactly. Yeah, it's all self-medicating. Um, all you're trying to do is look for relief of symptom. And when symptoms are bad enough, you'll try anything. I just wrote a book, got published too, about the, the difference of a 12-step approach. And the 12 steps approach is I must, I must say I'm powerless over something. And I personally don't believe that. I believe we all have choice versus a dealing with what's going on. And in the world of addiction, you can say that the American Society of Addiction Medicine calls it a chronic brain disease. Other places call it a brain disorder. You can get in that argument, disease disorder, but they all relate it 
to the brain. And, and then I hold up my hand and go, why isn't anybody then working in the world of neuroscience and fixing the brain first and then bringing these other modalities in to understand about relationships and things like that? So I believe it's a brain first approach to help people have lasting recovery. I think that's the only way you can do it. You know, we've had people with a 22-year pin from AA, and they told me that for 22 years, every single morning, every morning, for 22 years straight, every day, every morning, 22 years, first thing when they wake up, they say, Lord, help me not to have a drink today. And then they have their brain balanced, and they come back and say, what happened? <laughs> I, I did not even think about having a drink. I, I didn't think about not having it or having it. I just didn't think about it. I said, well, because your brain was putting that in your face every day, and then you balanced it, and then it was gone. Isn't that a cool thing? <laughs> so We've seen the same thing. I mean, I... I have people and we when we're out off property in the first week you can see their head turning and looking at bars or the or the liquor stores you're driving by and then on the third or fourth week ask them how they're doing kind of a there's something about emotional response therapy ERT and how do people handle being in public situations anxiety but in this case cravings and they and they actually look at me dumbfounded and go what 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 bar did we pass a bar because it doesn't register anymore. The brain's not looking for that relief when it's in this harmonious, balanced state. Yep. So I've been visiting with my good friend, Lee Gertis, as you know, of Saraset. And you can find him and find out more at saraset.com. That's C-E-R-E-S-E-T.com. And this takes us to the end of part one today um, and, and of our two-part series. And come check out part two. You're going to learn more about brain and behavior, even and including the hot subject about marijuana or cannabis and your brain. Is it good for it? Does it harm it? What happens? So this is Dave Kenny with Emergo Radio. And you can find us at EmergoRecovery.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-O recovery.com or you can text us or call us at 249-877-8776. Again, this is Dave Kenny with Emergo Recovery and please join us for part two with Lee Gertis. In gratitude, we thank you for joining us on Emergo Radio, a place where you rise above with your hosts, Dave Kenny and Susan Kenny. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and learn. Want more? You can reach us at emergoradio.com. That's E-M-E-R-G-O radio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.